think. Oh god, no, it was so much faster. Okay, hit record. <laughs> we did it. We did it. That was very unexpected. <laughs> Audacity was like, I'm here, bitch. Wow, it even started up a little bit faster today. I don't know. I, oh, we're off to a good start. My mic also almost took a header into my crotch today. <laughs> good, 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 good. So we're on the same page and equally functional. That's right. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Oddities. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> I'm Cassie. I'm Anna. And welcome back to Strange Town. And welcome back to people who never left Strange Town. <laughs> and newcomers, right. everybody. Um, everybody. Everybody. Before I forget, as per usual, we have our social media linked in the description. Check us mm-hmm. out and follow along. We also have our Patreon. If you would like to donate to our show, you can do so for as low as a dollar a month and you get bonus episodes every week. And when you start donating, you get access to all former episodes as well. So you can binge us. Which yeah, like and they're they're all on video. Isn't it so strange to think that people are binging us? I, I don't like to think about it for too long. I, I know, because I'm like, ah, yeah, it's us. So anyway, and we yeah. also we also have a link to our merch store if you'd like to um, wear some oddities things or drink out of oddities things or stick That's oddities true. things. We have we have a whole variety of things on there. Stick oddities things. <laughs> so... Yeah. So, um, how are we? I'm good. It's Sunday. Let's see. Oh, I always like when we record on Sundays, because then when we say it's Sunday, they're probably listening to it on a Sunday. Yeah, isn't that so weird? Yeah, but also who knows when you guys listen to it, because I listen to my podcast on all different days. Anyway, yes, that's not the point. Let's see what I'm consuming. (laughs) Time to go to my notes. (laughs) <laughs> so I finished this book Bear Town. I finished it in like two days. Oh. It was very good. It made me very sad and angry, but it was good. Oh. And it's it was I saw the trailer for the show on HBO and I was like, oh, it's a book. And so I read the book first and it was good, but I don't know if I can watch the show because there's a there's a scene that I'm I probably won't be able to sit through. But it was a very good book. Mm, okay. And I watched uh, We Are Lady Parts, which is a show on Peacock, <laughs> and I loved it so much. It oh, good. It was so good. Yeah, it's about these, like, I think there are, there's five of them, these, like, five Muslim girls that start a, a rock band. A rock band? That's cool. Yeah, and it's so good. They're so funny. And then I watched The Lost Daughter on Netflix. With Dakota Johnson and Olivia Coleman, and yeah. I 100% thought you were going to say Dakota Fanning, and I was not uh, going to be thrilled. Okay. Has that, has she made anything recently? I don't think so, right? No, Maybe it's I don't just think out so. of my sphere of awareness. I try not to pay attention to anything she's in, because I just... Yeah. Watch her be like by some strange twist of fate be a listener to oddities and all I do is shit talk her. 
I mean, I don't, in fairness, I don't think I know about your personal thing with her because of our friendship, but I don't know if you should talk her as much as you should talk Katie Holmes on this podcast. Oh yeah, don't get me fucking started on Katie fucking Holmes. And then last night I watched The Last Duel with Jodie Comer and Adam Driver and Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Ben Affleck. I I looked it up because the writing in that movie is fucking horrible. <laughs> so I looked up who wrote it and it's Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and then a female that they brought on for the female perspective. Okay. All right. Stop being screenwriters. You guys are barely good actors. Stop. Stop it. it. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Hire screenwriters. Like, what are you doing? You're not. Yeah, that is, and it, that's what they're there for. <laughs> like, right. Like, you can't. And I can't stand the fact that they also had to be in it. So, like, why did you write the screenplay then? Of course. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Oh, Everybody shut up. It. Everybody yeah. shut up. But Jodie Comer and Adam Driver are, I mean, just breathtaking. But it's a very long movie. And you, speaking of very long movies, you saw No Time to Die. Oh my god, I did. So I'm in New Jersey this week for my dad's birthday, and which is also your mom's birthday. That's true. This is so happy, happy birthday. Yeah, happy belated. And um, I also have a few appointments. But so so we watched. um, Yes, we watched No Time to Die yesterday. Mm-hmm. I have I have so many thoughts about this shit. So okay, first of all, I'm ready. First of all, I fucking hated the ending. The ending fucking I I hated it. I I absolutely like I watched it and it ruined the whole movie for me. Wait, so what I okay, I remember by the way, if you guys have spoilers galore. It, yeah, but like it's <laughs> Daniel Craig's last movie, so like this is kind of what you saw coming anyway. But it what else happens other than he dies at the end? That's really it, but that's just what like annoyed me. And then like the write-off oh. for it was just like the whole team was like, okay. And then the and M was like, oh, and I found this quote. And then he read the quote, and he's like, okay, back to work. And it's like, I, I don't know. I just I really hated it. And then it ended with uh, Leia Sado like looking at her daughter and being like, I'm going to tell you a story about a man named James Bond. And it's just so fucking stupid. It's the dumbest fucking ending in the history of endings. I hated that they killed him. Uh, and also the I, way I that mean, they killed what him. What else did they want them to do with him? It was his last movie. They didn't. They haven't killed off any of the other Bonds. They, they just should've. like <laughs> we all just like kind of accepted like okay, and now there's a new Bond. Like, and that's fine. Yeah, I just I guess that's true. I I really like don't like how they did it. And like they also had like a like there could have been like a nice happy ending for him because he went through a lot of shit over the course of these movies. Like there, there was the opportunity for him to actually have like. A, like a life we're, after this, and it and then they exploded him, and it was the dumbest fucking for, way. We're here for James Bond's healing, <laughs> nothing else. We are, and I'm I'm not happy. I I it ruined the whole you know fucking what? movie. I, I fully support you. You're right. As soon as you were like, "Is why they didn't kill off any other Bond?" I was like, "That's true. We've literally never seen any other Bond die." I don't think. No, we just like, and we were just like, okay, and now here's a new Bond, and that's fine. And like, we were just kind of like, well, maybe, you know, like the other Bond's like retired, and that's cool. You know, like, it's yeah. just like, Jesus. And I, then, guess, I guess he could have retired. Also, what did you think of Rami Malek as the villain? Um, I didn't really like him at all. Thank you. Also, Thank you. the He movie- was fine. He wasn't great. He was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like he was like bad, but he was just kind of like, meh, whatever. And like... <laughs> 
the the movie itself was like far too long. Yes. Also, I don't know. I feel like if if Bond like this this woman Doctor Swan was like his I, I, if she was to me she was not a very interesting character at all. Um, so I kind of would have liked to have seen him with like a more interesting character, and then like. I, I don't know. I just, I had a lot of issues with the movie overall. And then the ending, just like, I was like, okay, I don't, now I didn't like the movie. <laughs> that was it. I, I have to say when she, I knew that she was going to be a big character in this one and I didn't like Spectre. So I didn't pay a lot of attention to it. And that's the movie yep. where she's introduced. So yep. I went back before I saw No Time to Die and rewatched Spectre. And I was like, oh, can I, it's. It, it just seems a little like I don't understand like where she comes from. Uh, yeah, I don't either. And can I just say I literally forgot that Spectre existed. Like that movie's we, not good. I thought we went from Skyfall to this. Like I completely right. blacked out that there was one in between, and I was like, and then we were talking about, it and we we're like, what the fuck? And then that was and yeah. For a movie that really didn't have a lot of significant impact, they really had to go back to it. Like that movie, everything is based on the everything. Of Spectre. Everything, yeah, because then, like, because then they said something about Spectre at the beginning. We're like, who the fuck is Spectre? What the fuck is Spectre? I don't know. Like, we just, my dad liked it. And and then, it was his birthday. You know, like, we were watching it for just to kick off his birthday celebrations this whole week. So, like, you know, whatever. So, I mean, that's what matters. But, like, I got to say, I'm not a fan. Yeah. The only, I mean, I, I liked it. It was fine. Yeah, but yeah. It was just like, all right. And I, I'm just happy, I guess, for Daniel Craig because now he gets to do more wild things. And apparently, he got like ridiculously hurt on all of these movies. That even yeah, that his, guy, Rachel Weiss, was like, "You've got to stop doing this." Yeah, that guy worked fucking hard on these movies, but I feel like he deserved he a better send off than this. I guess I, in a way, I can be like, I guess they wanted to kill him so people can't be like, he's going to be back, you know? Because everyone's doing that lately. <clears throat> Marvel, we're looking at you. Yeah, I guess so. But again, they never brought back any of the other bot. Like, I don't know why people would have I know, to- but we're, I... we're in that era of that. Like, yeah, nobody's guess. really dead. Yeah, And now they've know. opened the timeline in Marvel. So, like, everyone's like, anybody can come back at any time. You're like, so that's stupid. Yeah, honestly, I think the whole movie was stupid. <laughs> So there you have it. And that's and that's where I've landed on it. Aside from that... I, uh, I hated Spectre the most. Yeah, and Spectre... Well, like we, I said, I completely forgot it existed, so... The only thing that was good about Spectre is we got um, Hans Landa. Christopher, whatever Christopher, like, something with a W, isn't it? Yeah, and I always want to say Walken, and that's not it. No, it's like Waltz is something crazy. Oh, but oh, oh, Christoph Waltz. We Thank got you. him as Blofeld, and, he and he's so good. He that guy is born is to play bad guys. Like he's, he's made so to play good. bad guys. So yeah, he was great. That was like the yeah. only shining moment in this whole fucking clusterfuck. Um, and then let's see what else is going on. Oh well, I have a big presentation this week at work. So well, by the time this comes out, it'll be done, and hopefully, it all went well. So that's exciting. I'm sure it did. Lots of preparation for that. Numbers, numbers, business, metrics, business, marketing, business, business, business. Numbers, so, numbers. Yeah. And now that we're 11 minutes in, should we get to the good shit? Yeah, I mean, I was just about to talk about Bond some more, but that's fine. Now that we've roasted the ever-living shit out of this movie. I'm like, But what's funny is I didn't hate it, but I left it and I was like, okay. Like, that was how I felt. It was like, all right. 
Yeah, I... Um, I was like, all right, well, I guess that's over. My biggest question is, now that they've officially murdered him, I'm like, who the hell's going to be the next Bond? Yeah. And they got big shoes to fill because everybody loved Daniel Craig. Yeah. So, I guess we'll see. Yes, we'll time see. will time will tell. Hopefully, you guys don't shit the bed on that one. Yeah. So let's let's see. My topic's um a little bit heavy. So is mine. Oh good. Well, welcome back to Oddities, everyone. Where it's just one uplifting thing after the other. It's a double dudes, and I'm gonna be coming into mine hot. Oh, are you? Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to do you want to kick us off coming in hot, or you want to? Sure. Yeah. All right. And when just so the listeners know, when I say I'm coming in hot, I'm gonna be pissed off. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to so, Oddities, where we talk about how annoyed we are. <laughs> it's uh, this this oof. Wait, just wait. Oh hi, this is editing Anna popping in here real quick to issue a warning because our topics are very heavy this week. We deal with murder, torture, molestation, cover-ups, and all other kinds of ugliness. So if you want to skip us this week, we totally understand. And we'll see you next week. All right? Back to the podcast. So I'm doing the case of Irene Garza. Okay. So here's some background. I know this name. I did too. Okay. She was born in Texas in 1934, and her family became affluent enough through their cleaning business that they were able to move to, like, a nicer part of town, and they started out with, like, not that much money, and then they were able to grow their business, so we love that. Mine takes place in Texas, too. It's a very Texas episode, y'all. Y'all. So she graduated from McAllen High School in McAllen... Hidalgo County, Texas, where she was the first Latina to perform as a twirler or head drum majorette. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Felicidades. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> she was crowned 1958 Miss All South Texas Sweetheart and Homecoming Queen at Pan American College. Wow. This, this, that was the most Texas sentence. Uh, I know. I, okay. All right. Cool. Can you imagine if we had something here called Miss All New Jersey Sweetheart? I don't want a picture. Do, do you know the size of the bumpets that would be used oh, in that no. competition? Also, the amount of hairspray and all the New York accents. And all the spray tans. Like, I mean, all the spray tans in the universe. <laughs> God damn it, my coffee almost just came out. <laughs> New Jersey. So... <laughs> Hashtag New Jersey. Yeah. So she was a second grade teacher who taught students at an elementary school on the south side of McAllen. In a letter to her friend, she self-described herself as shy, but she felt incredibly fulfilled by her work and that she was becoming more confident in herself when she became the secretary of her parent-teacher association. Oh. Yeah. She also found a lot of confidence and comfort in attending daily mass and communion, and she took her faith very seriously. Daily mass? Dude. I, All right. I, All right. I, oof. All right. Well, that you know, if it made her happy, cool. If she was finding comfort in it. Then we're, we're here it. for it. Yeah. On Saturday, the 16th of April, 1960, Irene Garza left her parents' home where she lived and told them that she was going to confession at Sacred Heart Church in McAllen. Right, same. I can't remember was, the last time I did a confession. 
I don't think I've ever done. Oh, we had to do. Oh, it. Oh, we had to. I think it was probably when I was like seven. Oh no, then we had to do it again before we got confirmed. So it must have been when I was thirteen. Yeah, I did it whenever we got confirmed. That's Forgive me, I Father. Did. It's been sixteen years. Since <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to say. I think I made something up both times. I I don't remember both. I remember getting confirmed and doing it, and I know I made shit up. We had oh, to I, do I think yeah. I, I think I told I, I stole something and he made me say, he was like, you have to say whatever the Hail Marys or whatever. And I was like, Hail Mary. Yeah, I know. He, I think he told me to go through the rosary like three or four times. And I was like, ain't nobody got time for that. But okay. I feel like I got told to do it like 10 times. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I was like, I'm not sitting here with, all right. You know, it's never mind. So she goes to confession. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, we're, we're back. We're back. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. We got sidetracked. <laughs> So she was often conspicuous in the congregation because of her striking appearance and several parishioners remembered seeing her at the church that night. Okay. When her parents didn't hear from her, they thought she had stayed for midnight mass. But when she didn't return home by 3 a.m., they went to the McAllen Police Department to report their daughter missing. Okay. So here we go. Okay. You know, can I just say these are my parents? Like they would have stayed awake until I walked through the door. The, also my mom. Or, or like just like like sleeping on the couch so that they could hear me when mm-hmm. I walk through the door type of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I was coming home late the other night and I my mom called me. I was like, "Hello." <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! She was awake. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's exactly how my how my mm-hmm. mom would be. So on the 18th of April, passersby found her shoe, her purse, and her lace veil. Authorities and volunteers started a search that was the largest in the Rio Grande Valley his- in Rio Grande Valley history at that time. Wow. Apparently a woman claimed to be her called her home saying that she'd been kidnapped and taken to a hotel, but the call was found to have been false. Fuck you. Okay, first of all, what the fuck? Who what the fuck are you doing if you're walking around pretending to be somebody who's What the fuck? I can't fuck with people. Fuck you, dude. I I cannot with people, all right? I- Oh my god. Thank god I'm not a cop because I would just be walking around fucking telling people off left and right if they fucking pulled shit like that with my investigation. No. Everybody would be getting fucking arrested. Everybody. I also have to tell you, like, this is where I started to, like, get very pissed off and it just gets worse from here. Oh good, alright, here we go. Okay. So, another person told a waitress that he had killed Garza, but that was found to be a joke made after the man had been drinking heavily. Why is that a joke? Why are we joking about that? What are we, what are, what are, what, leave me, go on, go on without me. So on the 21st of April, her body was found in a canal several miles from where her belongings were found. In a post-mortem examination, medical examiners could tell that Garza had died of suffocation and that she had been sexually assaulted. Ugh. Yeah. God damn it. Any physical evidence that could have been identified to the attacker, like semen, blood, hair, etc., appear to have been washed away in the time the body was spent in the canal. Law enforcement officials questioned about 500 people across several Texas cities, including known sex offenders and Garza's family members, co-workers, ex-boyfriends. They carried out almost 50 polygraph examinations and offered a $2,500 reward for information about her death, which was larger than any amount of money previously offered in a Rio Grande Valley murder case at that time. First of all, $2,500 isn't enough. Second of all, can you refresh me? How many days had it been since she'd gone missing until she was found? She went missing on the 16th of April. She's found on the Six 21st. days. Oh, yeah. five days. Okay. All right. 
Mm. And, but this is in 1960, they're offering 2,500. Oh, why did I think this was in the 90s? Did I like black out at the beginning of this? I think I was still pissed off about James Bond. I'm back. I'm sorry. It's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is in the 60s. Okay, that is enough. Well, it's not enough, but it's better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Yeah. So here comes the main suspect. All right, hit me. Are you ready? Yeah. Soon after her disappearance, the main suspect becomes the priest who heard Garza's last confession, Father John Fight. Ah. Uh... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's about to get real hot. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things in my head. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Fight had been at the McAllen Church since completing seminary training in San Antonio. Church members reported that Fight's confession line moved slowly on the night of Garza's disappearance and that he was away from the sanctuary several times. Okay. Uh, Was he? Okay. He sure was. Ah, can I just ask so, a quick question, though, to lighten this up a little bit? Do yeah. you think they played this music while everybody was in confession? <clears throat> <laughs> I haven't done the Gregorian chant in a long time. <laughs> what a throwback. I know. Okay, all right, so... Also, so- I have to say, if that was playing, if that they... If they treated confessionals like basically interrogation cells, and that was just playing the whole time, I'd confess to whatever they wanted. Dude, 100%. You know what I just realized that sounded like? That sounded like the beginning to Cry Me a River by Justin Timberlake. Okay, so I just tapped into that real quick. It also sounded like the beginning of the, when you used to load up Halo 2. That's like what the the menu sounded like. (laughs) You're welcome, everybody. It was a Halo 2 Cry Me a River mashup. (laughs) 2022's hottest new hit. (laughs) That's exactly right. Wow, I miss playing Halo so much. Okay. Uh, So fellow priests had noticed noticed scratch marks on Fight's hand after Midnight Mass, uh, and they said it was irregular for Fight to have taken Garza to the church rectory to hear her confession as he had reportedly done that night. Oh my God. This priest needs to go to confession. So this priest needs to go to jail and say 65,000 Hail Marys on the rosary. I mean, I have very particular words for this priest, but this priest is a real piece of shit. All right. McAllen police initially said that fight passed polygraph tests, but the tests were later said to be inconclusive. We're going to come back to that. First of all, don't get me started on fucking polygraph tests. Okay. For real. All right. I know. So apparently people noted that he had scratches on his hands after midnight mass and when the canal was drained, his photo slide viewer was found. His photo he, slide. Yeah. Okay. I guess, like, but it's oh, one of his oh, belongings. Oh, like, right, this was 1960s. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay, we, we're back. We gotta go back. Yeah, we, yeah so, we're back. He initially denied hearing Garza's confession in the rectory, but later, later admitted to having done so. He accounted for his absence in the sanctuary by claiming that he had broken his glasses because he said he apparently played with his glasses nervously as he listened to confession. He stated that he had driven back to his church's pastoral house a short drive away to get another pair of glasses, and when he arrived, he had no key, so he had to climb into the house on the second floor. He said that he sustained the scratches on his hands as he was climbing the outside of the brick structure. This seems like some elaborate bullshit to me. Is this guy a fucking champion parkour artist that he's fucking climbing to the second? What the fuck kind of excuses? Second of all, I have glasses and I fuck around with them. And I know this was 1960, but how the fuck is playing with your glasses nervously going to make them break? 
Also, if you always do it while you're listening to confession, then you should always have broken glasses, theoretically. Yeah, also, if you're always listening to confessions, what the fuck are you so nervous about if you're constantly hearing this shit? Right, unless you're nervous for other reasons because you're a piece of garbage. That's that's exactly right. Father asshole. That's right. So here's some wild shit. All right. Three weeks before Garza's death, a woman named Maria Guerrera had been sexually assaulted while kneeling at the communion rail at another Catholic church in the McAllen area. Disgusting. Oh, I I just, I feel like because I'm getting angrier and angrier, my eyes are just like starting to blur. Flames? Okay. Flames. So rumoredly... Feet was responsible, but local church leaders discouraged people from considering the possibility that a priest could have been involved in a violent crime. All right, kids, listen to me real quick. Listen to Aunt Cassie. We're going to explode. Just because you wear a fucking collar doesn't mean that you're a good fucking person. It doesn't mean shit. It it just means that you went to school and, and... for this. That's all that that means. And it like, we cannot, you can't go through life and look at somebody just because they're in a certain profession and assume that they're a good person that's not going to hurt you. Also, fuck these church leaders that are discouraging people from being oh, like, oh, don't get me oh, fucking no, started can't. on. Like, are you fucking kidding me? I, I, I. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is yeah. the same thing about, like, we've talked about doctors and nurses. Just because you wear a white coat doesn't mean that you're not going to do something terrible. Like, I just need people to fucking stop with this shit. It's nothing that, not no profession, no, no person in any profession is faultless. They're still a person. Yes, correct. And some of them are really, really, really bad people. Yes. So, okay, good. Now that we've, so, all right. All right, so the church, so so Father Dickhead is supported by these this the other Father Dickheads, basically. Well, the church, yeah, the, the local church leaders are discouraging right. people from con- even considering the possibility that a priest could be, have been involved in a violent crime. I have heartburn. So, okay. Uh, oh, 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 please. So, Fight admitted to visiting a priest at that church on the day of Guerrero's attack, but he denies assaulting her. Of course. Oh, well, right, because well, he's going to uh, 100% just be like, yes. Right. It was it was so, me. He's later charged with rape and the trial ends in a hung jury. Okay. In 1962, rather than face a second trial, he enters a plea of no contest to a misdemeanor charge of aggravated assault and pays a $500 fine. That's he the stated, fucking outcome? Yeah. He stated later, but this is for this is for Guerrera, not for Garza. Ah, uh, oh, are we going to get, okay, all right. Yeah. All right. So he stated <clears throat> later that he did not realize that a no contest plea was considered a conviction. After the legal proceedings in the Guerrera case, this is where I'm going to get hot, Fight was sent to Assumption Abbey, a Trappist monastery in Missouri. A monk in the abbey, Dale Tackney, said that Fight confessed to hurting a young lady and murdering another one but Tackney said it was not his job to judge Fight at the time, and Fight's confession went unreported for years. Oh. Can I? I wrote this in my notes, and it's in all capitals. It says, Can I just say, fuck you, sir? Oh my God. Are, is, this, is this Roman Catholicism? What, where are, what are we right now? Do you uh, know? I'm going to assume. This sounds like some Vatican shit. Yeah, yeah. It's a Catholic church. Yeah. Mm, ah! Mm, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Mm, 
We're okay. all familiar with this story, gang. Uh, let us hearken back to our very sober episode of the Vatican. Vatican. Yeah. Okay. Right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, wow. Okay. okay. So, all right. fight isn't happy at the monastery and is sent to Yemez Springs, New Mexico to a treatment for troubled priests, after which he joined the staff there and worked his way to a supervisor position. Doesn't that seem unwise? Why is, is this man me? even getting the option to switch around to fucking places because he's mm-hmm. unhappy? Oh my God. All right. So Father James Porter came to the center after he was known to have begun molesting children in the 1960s and fight cleared him for placement in another parish. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. My notes are all capital letters, and it just says, I'm going to scream. I don't know what to I don't know what I, I... So, Porter was later defrocked and imprisoned, this sentence, after okay. abusing as many as a hundred children. Oh my god, I'm nauseous. Also, I hate the word defrocked. Yeah, me too. This this is what my notes say. Again, in all capitals. After a while, I'm only writing in all capitals. It Mm. just says, I am so angry. I am so angry. I am so angry. Fuck everyone that allowed this to happen, including the Catholic Church. (laughs) And there you have it. And 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 in some. And there you fucking have it. So, Fight Mm. leaves the priesthood in the 1970s, gets married, moves to the Phoenix area, has three kids. He works as a food charity volunteer for 17 years. In 2002, okay, okay, our monk friend Tacney decided he could no longer keep the secret of Fight's confession. So 40, like 40, 40 fucking years shit later. Years? What the fuck? Thinking that the murder had taken place in San Antonio because Fight had trained there, Tacney called the authorities in that city, prompting the reopening of Irene Garza's investigation. An investigator contacted Father Joseph O'Brien, a priest who had worked with Fight at the time of Garza's death, and who had admitted on a television program in 2000 that he didn't know anything about Garza's death, he admits to the investigator that Fight confessed shortly after the murder. Oh my God. He should get... What is so that? So all you fucking people are sitting on his confessions that he murdered a young woman and you're all sitting on it. I hate people. I got to tell you, priests or not, if there is a hell, that's where you're all going. That's correct. All these dudes, yeah. I can't have that. fuck you all. Yeah. So, the polygraph examiner... So, we're back to this. Oh, here we fucking go. Okay. Yeah. The polygraph examiner was quoted as saying that he felt, despite the inconclusive results, that he thought fight had failed the test all along. Here comes my all-cap notes. Mm. Why are we all staying quiet here, gang? Why, why, why... 40 years... And every single person involved along the way seems like they knew he was guilty and said nothing. Yeah. So the district attorney of Hidalgo County from the 1980s to 2014 chose not to bring the Garza case before a grand jury until 2004. Why? And on top of that, Tacney, O'Brien, and Fight did not receive subpoenas in the case, and the grand jury declined to indict Fight. And then O'Brien dies in 2005. What the fuck? This is this is the worst ending. Doesn't doesn't subpoena the three how people. How do you how do you how do you not? One guy is involved, and the two other guys heard his confession. Like covered for him basically them. for four yeah, decades. Doesn't subpoena them. 
So, wow, Texas. What the fuck, Okay, Texas? guys. Guys? So, okay, here we go. The DA was reluctant to return to the case because they thought that the early investigation had not been well done. No kidding, but not in the way that you mean. But also, yeah. Basically claimed that O'Brien was suffering from dementia when he was questioned. In my notes, I go, based on... Where did that come from? Right, and that there was no physical evidence. It's also been 40 years, and he if he hasn't declined... ah, ah, Okay, all right. So, Okay. okay. In 2014, a district court judge, Ricardo Rodriguez... Campaign to unseat the DA. Fuck yeah. Yes, yes. And the Irene Garza case came up as an issue. He said that he wanted justice for the Garza family and he would get it if he won the election, which he did. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. In February 2016, Fight was arrested in Scottsdale, Arizona. He was 83 at the time of his arrest and used a walker when he appeared in court. He entered a plea of not guilty. Oh my God. The prosecution, this, I put this in because it's kind of funny to me. Okay. The prosecution requested a $750,000 bond, while the defense team asked for a $100,000 bond, adding that Fight had stage three, can, stage three kidney and bladder cancer. The judge sets a $1 million bond. <laughs> this judge is not having it. I love it. This judge like, yeah, yeah, I heard the cancer. A million. <laughs> So, here's some Uh, fresh bullshit. Welcome to America's legal system. Oh, good. Here we go. In February 2017, a judge sets a late April 2017 trial date. Fights defense filed for a change of venue because they believe that their client would not receive a fair and impartial trial in Hidalgo County. They file a 700-page document with evidence showing that reporters allegedly condemned Fight as a murderer and that the only reason why he avoided prosecution for years was because the Catholic Church protected him. Oh, my God. Sometime in March 2017, Takaney, uh, our monk, mm-hmm. testified against him in closed deposition, which Texas allowed because of his age and that he knew everything about the case, basically. Okay. On the 24th of May, Judge Singletary heard arguments from the plaintiff and the defense on request for the change of venue. On the 7th of June, he denies a request for a change. (laughs) I love this judge. I love this judge. Okay. After considering that the defendant failed to prove that there was prejudice against him. So the trial is expected to begin on September 11th. But on the 10th of September, the court decided to push the trial back because there were scheduling conflicts. One of Fight's attorneys was defending another high-profile murder suspect in Hidalgo County. Oh, my God. We're busy. What's going... Hidalgo County. What's happening? <laughs> Are you okay? What Clearly not. On? Okay. So, the initial phase of the jury selection is done in mid-September. The trial is delayed until mid-October. On the 30th of October, Fights Defense filed a motion for continuous jury selection was reset to the 14th of November. The 6th of November is the new trial date. It gets moved back to the 28th of November. Oh, my God. And he's going to die, right? On the 7th of December, Fight is convicted of Garza's murder. Oh, good! In the punishment phase of the trial, Fight's defense attorney asked that Fight be given probation, citing his lack of felony conviction since Garza's death. No, no. Tell me no. this. Tell me this judge. Tell me this judge put the kibosh the, on that. 
The prosecution asked for a sentence of 57 years, which was symbolic of the amount of time that had passed since Garza's death. That makes my heart hurt. Oh, but we, we love the, like, how they went very poetic about that. Oh, like, that's we like, do, okay, but that, all right, but oof, also, ouch, oof, yes. Ouch. And on the 8th of December, 2017, the jury pronounced a sentence of life in prison. Yes, except life for him is probably like five years maximum. He he was incarcerated and died of natural causes on the 12th of February, 2020. Wow. Mm-hmm. So in fairness, this 2017, he lived for a few more years. He did. I'm glad in he got jail. a few years in that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. With Can his just, cancer. Just real quick, those snaps for this judge. No fucks. Zero I fucks. Had, I had to put the bond <laughs> thing in because I was like, this is too good. I love that so much. It's, the, the the defense team is like, he has kids or judge like a million dollars. A million dollars. A million dollar bond. <laughs> Fuck you. We want we want a different we want a different courthouse because Hidalgo County's prejudiced. No. no. <laughs> In your seven hundred pages, you didn't cite a good reason. No. I love that judge. It's it's just like the whole story is so fucking wild to me. And the fact that there is a center for troubled priests. I can't. I can't. And that people like Father James Porter, who is abusing children, yep. and this fucking clown who's yep. murdering people, yep. can go there and then get placed in another parish where they can do evil to somebody else mm-hmm. is... I mean, ooh, I'm, it makes me so angry. Fucking amazing. And, okay, Porter is defrocked and imprisoned. A hundred kids. I know. That's, the, that's I, 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 can't. I can't. It makes me so angry and hot. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ooh, I can't, I can't stand it. It drives me, like those, that's a hundred people that are going to carry this with them forever. Yep. And will yep. never be the same. Yep. And it's fucking wrong and awful. And fuck the Catholic Church for allowing it to happen. And having systems that they can put people so they can move around. Fuck that. Yeah. And that's that. I'm and that's angry. that. We're angry. Wow. That's, um, <clears throat> I'm glad they finally got around. I mean, I yeah. finally got to. years later. It only took, yeah, nearly six decades, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Wow. And that those fucking priests are sitting on confessions. I know. I know. Um, Wow. Well, so the only thing that we have in common is that mine's also in Texas. Here we go. (laughs) Okay. This is from my listener, so thank you very much. This this is the unsolved and strange death of Colonel Philip Shue. So, and this this is bizarre. This is a bizarre one. So... First of all, Colonel Shu was a colonel in the U.S. Air Force. Yay! Yay! Okay, so <clears throat> here we are. April 16th, 2003. Colonel Shu, he's 54. He leaves his, his Texan home, and he's heading to work, right? Okay. Two, two hours later, he is found dead in his car, an apparent victim of a car crash. Oh, my God. Yes, We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Cause poor, the, the, poor this Colonel Shu. I know. You know, and this is just like, I think about this sometimes. You get up thinking it's just going to be this normal day, and then it's like very much not. 
You Isn't know? that wild? It's so strange. Anyway, the car the car's caved in on the driver's side and Shu had you know, he suffered a major head trauma. Basically he was killed instantly, it was determined. Okay. Okay. So right away the case is weird because police officials show up and then they discover more than what they had bargained for, basically. So they find that Colonel Shu has a tear in his t-shirt under his fatigues. Then they can see a six-inch vertical gash in his chest. And above the six-inch gash entrance, there were at least five scratch marks, which the what? autopsy yeah, which the autopsy report said were consistent with like hesitation marks, basically. Um so <laughs> what? Get ready, get ready. Both of his nipples had been removed with surgical precision. Oh, I, oh my God. I feel like I have to put a, a warning at the front of this episode. Yes. And the fifth digit on his left hand had been amputated and his left ear had been lacerated down to the bone and duct tape was dangling from both of his wrists and on top of his boots. Okay. I mean, okay. I, we don't have time to unpack all of that, but what I, is your fifth? Like which your finger is your fifth? Oh, is your pinky. Oh, your so pinky. you start at your thumb. I don't right. know why I would think you would start the other way around. So they cut off his pinky, took they off cut- his ear, took off his nipples, duct taped his wrist. You got and, it. And cut him in the chest, presumably. You got it. So. What the hell? Are you ready, are you ready for this? The initial ruling of this was suicide. <laughs> Okay, just I'm sorry. What? <laughs> okay, and I'm I'm not trying to make light of anything, but what suicidal person is going to cut off their nipples and then and then commit su- like wh- what like what is the what? And how does that explain the car? The car, the any of this. Okay? So I don't even I can't tell you what how how we arrived at suicide, but here we are, okay? So Dr. Vincent DeMeo, <clears throat> Mayo, I don't know. He performs the autopsy and comes to this finding. Okay. He argues that there's traces of lidocaine, which is an anesthetic, in Colonel Shu's system, which signals to him that basically Shu had injected it into himself so he wouldn't feel pain from this self-inflected like mutilation prior to suicide. And that he would have injected it directly into each nipple and then in the middle of his chest. So he thinks he had to have done it, not that somebody else may have done it. Who gave this man a medical degree <laughs> and who said, yes, you should perform autopsies if you're going to fucking come to conclusions like this? Okay, Sir, so what happened to you to make you think that this Vinny, is this? what are we doing? Okay, so, so there's obviously several issues with the suicide ruling, okay? One of which is that there to are say no... The least. Yeah, there are no injection marks found on the body. Okay, okay. there that. Two... The levels of lidocaine that were found were not high enough to relieve pain, uh, according to world-renowned pathologist Dr. Cyril Wecht, who examined the autopsy report per request by Colonel Shu's wife. Colonel Shu's wife was like, I'm not having any of this shit. Colonel Shu's wife is like, you, this guy is crazy. Somebody else take a look at this. Vinny's not cutting it. I need a second set of eyes, okay? So basically, we have to ask ourselves, okay, if this is not suicide and was, in fact, murder, who wants Shu dead, right? So sure. it turns out that Shu's ex-wife, Nancy, had a $1 million life insurance policy on him. Oh, that seems convenient, Nancy. Okay. Apparently, as part of their settlement in their divorce, which was like 1992, 
She receives the uh-huh. right to own his life insurance policies. Very Why strange. Did she get that? Very right. strange. Okay. Then, starting in the late 90s, uh, Shu demands that Nancy cancels this, and of course she refused. <laughs> she was like, oh, no. <laughs> okay. And of course she was like, I don't want you to have this. He's like, it's been seven years. I'm thinking this is not a good idea. So <clears throat> she says no. He even goes to the insurance companies where the policies were written, tells them that he fears for his life, and then they tell oh. him that because Nancy is, in fact, the owner, he can't cancel the policies. Hi. Insurance companies, she might own them, but this is for this guy's fucking life. Like. Also, what a ridiculous fucking response. I, this yes, man yeah. is calling them being like, I'm afraid for I'm my scared. life. Which she <laughs> has money out on. And they're like, oh, but she's the owner. Bye. Bye. So he, this is a human being that's calling you. Here's Hello? a little here's a little interesting tidbit about Nancy. Oh, dear. Nancy was a board certified sex therapist who had studied the practice of sadomasochism. Oh, Nancy. Nancy. Well, that's interesting because of his injuries. No. So here's what Shu's Shu's second wife, Tracy, who mm. they were married when he passed away. This is what she had to say. Uh, during her in interview, what's that? She called in the, the the second wife is the one that called in the other guy. Yeah, the, she's the other like, one. She's no. like, no, Vinny, no. So she has an interview with Troy Roberts of Forty Eight Hours Mystery, and she says, "Quote, well, here's like their here's their conversation. So many quotes already. Do you believe that your husband was tortured by someone familiar with sadomasochistic techniques?" Roberts asks. "Quote: I believe that the industri- industries." Injuries that he sustained are consistent with an act of sadism, and they certainly are sexual in nature, replies Tracy. Forgive me, Roberts continues, but I have to ask this question. Did your husband have an interest in this fetish himself? No, he did not, Tracy says. And it's interesting that you would ask that question, because you are actually the first person out of the entire five-year time frame that has ever asked me that question. And I do believe it is an appropriate or an appropriate question to ask. Well, that's interesting. I think that's a weird question to start with in general. It seems like they're already building a case against Nancy. Yeah, I don't think that's how they started the interview. I think this was just like in the interview somewhere. (laughs) Oh, okay. I just feel like that seems like a unless Nancy came up naturally, but it just feels like I also will admit I don't know that much about sadomasochism, so I can't really like speak on it, but I don't I cutting the ear off yeah it's the nipples thing for me you know but like the fact that she's like a board certified sex therapist stuff like that but here's something else too so nancy's asked to take a polygraph test here we go oh here we go and she refuses oh nope we're not taking it starting off hot nance (laughs) two two months after philip dies tracy files a lawsuit against nancy and the insurance companies usaa and northwestern mutual Basically to stop Nancy from collecting the insurance money. By Tracy, the way, Tracy. Tracy. We love we it. We love it, Tracy. Tracy claims that the insurance company had been warned about the threat to Philip's life and had True. a legal obligation to cancel the policies, and they didn't. True. Yes. Thank you. Um, Get Tracy's, Tracy's lawyers demand that Nancy answer their questions at the deposition, and she pleads the fifth. And then she goes on to do that 20 more times. Oh, Okay, so okay. 
So Nancy, tra- you're not you're not doing yourself any favors here, Nance. Tracy ultimately feels her husband was abducted, tortured, and murdered, and that sure. Nancy was involved in some manner. Okay. Which I, I gotta say, Nancy doesn't look clean here. I mean, no, at but all. Also, where was she? I don't know. We're getting to that. So before oh. before his death, Philip receives an anonymous letter telling him to quote be careful, uh, because whoever okay. wrote the letter. The, whoever wrote the letter it was concerned that something terrible was going to happen to him. Okay. And okay. apparently this, this letter meant nothing to law enforcement and military officials because everybody just, like, <laughs> disregarded it. And then two years... <laughs> I know. I, I'm not laughing because this is a very terrible thing. I'm laughing because that's absurd, that they were just like, throw it out. I know. And so two years after Philip's death, so we're looking at 2005 at this point... The military issues a 20-page report called a psychological autopsy, and it concludes that Philip was depressed, paranoid, and suicidal. But Philip's own psychiatrist, Dr. Douglas Dion, said that Philip responded very well to treatment and did not believe his patient committed suicide at all. Um, And he did say that six months before Philip's death, Philip had a disturbing dream in which his car spiraled out of control on the way to work. And great violence was done to him. Then, I know, isn't that bananas? Then, the lead investigator on the case, Roger Anderson, never believes that Philip's death was suicide. And today, he completely supports Tracy in her efforts to continue to bring justice for her husband. And then after years of a persistent fight to have Philip's death ruled a murder, Judge Bill Palmer changed the ruling from suicide to murder during Hmm. the insurance lawsuit. Uh, five years after Philip died. And to this day, nobody's been arrested for his murder. Wow. Yeah, you, you got to follow the here. Tracy, or not Tracy, Nancy, to my knowledge, was in, like, a town, like, close enough that, like, she could have been involved. Yeah. I don't really know where this whole thing lands. I got to say, though, Nancy's not looking good, mostly because of the whole life insurance policy thing. That's, like, very bizarre and, like... Yeah, I think I think the whole, like sadomasochism she's a sex therapist thing is like that's what the the news is focusing on because the news well, is of like, course because the news she's weird and look at her like fuck off but i it, i my belief always is you got to follow the money and that's who the killer is yeah and big that's time. where the insurance policies are going big time like i i feel like nancy's dirty in this like i just i really don't think she definitely does like, look good and then she's like pleading the fifth like 20 times and then she won't even like, take a polygraph she's like test. no like, i bitch. won't take your polygraph test it's like nancy you're not even trying to look also, innocent right now i have to say this because this phrasing like bothered me what is a psychological autopsy I, I hate that. Basically, they just pulled out his, like, um, psychological evaluations from when he was in the military. But then he goes to a separate psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist was like, no, I don't think any of this is consistent. And there's right. no, like, and, and like, there's, I, I don't know. It just seems and like. You're performing a psychological evaluation on someone that's dead and now can't contest it. Yeah, so it doesn't, like, it doesn't make any sense like, to me. what the fuck is that? Yeah, the whole thing's totally bizarre. It's a very strange case. Snaps for Tracy because this bitch is trying so hard to also good for her. Uh, she yeah, just she's was like, like, "Fuck you all." The guy's like, "It's suicide," and then she's like, "No." <laughs> it's like the fuck it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, how the fuck is? Are you gonna call it su- like what? I just nothing about that is consistent with suicide. 
Also, if your main argument is that he was he had those things injected in him, and then there's no injection sites, you're blown here. You have to you go back to the drawing board and you start again. You don't just yes. keep being like it's suicide. Like no 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 no. No. And why would he duct tape his own wrists and his feet? And why and what would was like that what, about? Like and why would he like cut off his and ear? What and like why to would the car? Yeah, like so, like what? What even? Here's what I think happened. Yeah, walk with me. First of uh, all, I think Nancy's involved in one way or another. But I oh, think what yeah. happened is, yes, in fact, he was abducted. I think he was probably like tortured. I think he was probably so. actually likely dead or very close to dead when he was put in the car. And I think like they set it up some way that the car would just like drive, or he was like on the verge of passing out, and then he got into a collision, and like that finished. Oh, see, that's interesting. <clears throat> So either and so either it was framed to look like the accident or he was trying to escape but he was like not with it entirely because you know his nipples yeah. had been cut off and his fucking ear and like a, a gash in his chest and all this other shit. And and they cut off his pinky as well. And his pinky like so like yeah, yeah I think he was probably like not really like so either he, he was trying he was to probably bleeding out. Yeah, so he was either trying to like escape or they just like threw him in a car and then he, you know, and and then he, I think the collision is ultimately probably what did him in. But like, yeah, so I I don't not for a second do I think that this was suicide. Also, and and again, I'm not trying to like anything with suicide or like stereotype or any way, but like, I can't imagine that like he would have gone in a car. I, I don't know. Like, it doesn't like I I just. Like, why would he choose driving a car into, like, a ditch or something? As it, I, I don't know. It just seems so bizarre to me. And then, it, it, like, well, after inflicting all of those injuries on himself, why would he cut off his own pinky? It's also, I think what's bizarre is that it's, they found the gash in his chest and it's under his fatigues. Surely, yeah. if he's thinking of committing suicide, he's going straight through everything. You know yeah, what I'm he's saying? Not going like, to, he's not going to hurt... He's not going to hurt himself and then put his fatigues back on and then get in a car right. and like what the fuck? Right. That's the dumbest like, fucking reasoning I've ever heard. That like that. Like, why would he reach under his fatigues to stab himself? Like, why wouldn't he just go straight through or not be wearing them again at right. all? Right. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. It's not. None of the evidence backs it up. <laughs> no, there's there's not a single thing that backs up a ruling of suicide in this that I can think of. And and so like yeah anyway that's that's the unsolved and very strange case of doctor not doctor wow. Colonel Philip Shue. Oh poor poor Colonel Shue. I know. But I also, feel really bad. Good for his wife for just being like fuck you all. And yeah. I'm so happy she fought the insurance policy thing. Big time because that was so f- bullshitty. I don't even know where to start with that. You always gotta follow the money. Oh yeah. And that and that somebody is like. You should be careful. Sends it to the house. Now, so, oh, oh. so he's placed phone calls to insurance companies being Mm -hmm. like, I'm nervous for my life. He gets this note and Uh, people are just like, he's fine. It's okay. just suicidal. Yeah. Sorry. What what is that? What What? Texas? What's going on, guys? I mean, I have my own opinions on Texas, even the current state right now, but- What's happening here, gang? But what's going on with these cases? I what's yeah. happening? Anyway, that's that's the long and short of it. That's wild. Oh my god. I know. I'm very wild. Very have bizarre to put a case. Disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, because we talk about some wild shit. There is some wild shit in this episode. So yeah. thanks to, to those of you who who stuck with us. Thank you very much. 
to those who didn't, that's okay, we get it. And yeah. uh, this this was a heavy one. Yeah, and life is, is hard enough, you know? It'll be I lighter have, next week. I have a very spookalabookala kind of lighthearted one for next week. It's I mean, it's like, it's just like kind of crazy and weird. It's not, you know. And in true Anna fashion, I don't have mine picked out for next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, so today, real quick, because we're oh. closing this up. Today, well, not only am I going to do some more research for coming weeks for this, but I'm also going to start working on our Choose Your Own Adventure. Oh, but they don't know about this. Only the patrons do. I know. Should we tell them a little more or just leave it at that? Maybe we should leave it at that. All right. A little taste, a little a little snackily there. A little snacky boo. <laughs> All right, everybody. This was wild. Um, this was. It was also very yeah. true crime. This was very creme de la creme, you know? True crimey. I wonder why me. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Let us know what you think about these cases, of course. We, we always want to hear. Um, yeah. And uh, until next time, stay strange. <laughs>